0: You're listening to the Doug Sarravo Show. It's Monday, August 31st, and we have the latest on the coronavirus, Major League Baseball trade deadline winners and losers, our Major League Baseball picks, and the latest on the NBA and Stanley Cup playoffs and more. The Doug Sarravo Show, up next. On the Doug Serrado Show, alongside me we have Brandon Schwartz and Andrew Brem. Brandon, how are you today?
1: Doug, I'm doing great. It's good to be back.
0: Andrew, how are you today? I'm good, thanks. Well, this time last week, Jeffrey and you and myself were debating if there's indoor dining. There's indoor dining today. There is. And before we get into our thoughts, this is what Governor Phil Murphy had to say.
2: I'm signing an executive order and Judy will issue an executive directive later today, I believe, that will allow indoor dining to resume at 6 a.m. this upcoming Friday, September 4th. I'm proud that our restaurants will be able to return to some level of indoor service for the Labor Day weekend. And by the way, I looked ahead for the weather and it looks pretty good. So knock on wood, it'll stay that way. Of course, this resumption of indoor dining will come with strong limits on capacities as well as other requirements which will be strictly enforced. As we all know, this pandemic isn't over yet and our goal is to ensure this step is done properly to prevent the kind of spikes we saw in other states that allowed their restaurants to reopen too fully and too quickly steps which required us to hit the pause button on our earlier plan to allow indoor dining to resume. As with the reopening of gyms, there's a long list of required steps as well as additional recommendations being made and I know Judy will speak more to these in a few moments, but allow me if I can to run through some of the top lines. To begin with, the capacities inside any restaurant will be capped at 25%. Additionally, groups will also be capped at eight individuals excepting uh, for immediate families. Uh, All groups of diners will be required to be kept at a minimum of six feet apart. Um, All staff will be required to wear masks at all times. All diners will also be required to wear masks at all times when they're not in their seats. Any customer who either does not wear or refuses to wear face masks, absent a legitimate medical reason, cannot be seated indoors. Additionally, we are asking that diners keep their masks on while waiting for their food and once they're finished eating or drinking. And food and beverages can only be consumed while seated walking around with a drink indoors will not be tolerated. If you're dining at a restaurant that provides table service, you'll only be able to order your food while seated at your table, and the staff are the only ones who can bring you your food or beverage. In other words, if you're seated at a table, you can't go to the bar to get another drink or place an order for another dish. You must allow your server to place and deliver those orders for you. That's not terribly unusual, but we just wanna make sure everyone understands that. Restaurants that provide food service at their bars may allow patrons to, to dine at the bar, provided that all diners are kept at proper social distances. A, a couple seated at the bar, for, for example, may sit together but can't have anyone else on either side of them uh, for at least six feet. For any group seated together at the bar, that's capped at four individuals. As we have mentioned many times before, one of the major trouble spots for us to take this step was ensuring proper ventilation. And as with gyms, we're mandating strict ventilation requirements. First, windows must be open to ensure a proper flow of fresh air into the dining areas. Additionally, air conditioning units must be turned so that they are allowing for the maximum amount of outdoor air to be introduced to the dining room and that the amount of air being recirculated is set to its lowest possible setting.
0: So that's Philip Murphy t- today, a little bit from his briefing. Brandon, how do you think indoor dining will work?
1: Um, well, if every other state has done well with it, um, they're going to do fine. They're going to do fine. And I've seen what the other states have done, and they've done a phenomenal job. They, they sat every other table. They've, you know, you know everybody was wearing the masks. Like the employees were wearing the masks. You know, uh, they, you know, they were, you know, they were allowing too many people in the dining room, so they'll be—they're gonna do fine. They're gonna do fine, I think. If every other state could do it, they could do it.
0: Andrew, where do you stand on this?
3: I uh, yeah, I agree with what Brandon said. I mean, there are other states out there like Pennsylvania and some parts of New York that already have open for indoor dining, and it seems like things have gone well for them. And I went to Red Lobster yesterday, and it looked like they were getting ready for indoor dining before Murphy made the announcement today about. Uh, indoor dining reopening where they had, uh, every other seats, uh, table sectioned off by putting tape saying stating that we're doing this for social distancing protocols, and uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, I think they, I think they knew it was coming, and it gave it gave me an idea of what, uh, indoor dining would look like during a coronavirus pandemic.
0: How long do you guys think this could last? Do you think maybe Murphy delays it again like he did in July or do you think this could be permanent?
3: No, this is going to be permanent. I mean, we waited two months for this. I mean, if other states are doing it, especially in New York where New York basically, New York and New Jersey basically do like all the same things I think he's going to leave it. Brandon?
0: Uh,
1: They, they, you know what? I feel like he kind of has to leave it because it's going to get colder after as, you know, the months go on and people, you know, are going to want to go to, are going to want to eat at restaurants and they're not going to sit in 50 degree weather at a restaurant. So, you know, I think the restaurants kind of have to be open inside, you know, and the restaurants have to make their money, you know, and, you know, the bars have to be open, you know, the indoor bars, you know, they have to, um, you know, they're going to have to stay open.
0: So, I work in a bar a restaurant. I think this could work. And I'm really hoping this could last. I hope Murphy doesn't have to say, you know what, there's cases and we're going to have to close down. So, Brandon, you went to Arizona. You completed your quarantine. Can you tell me a little bit about that?
1: Um, about the quarantine?
0: The quarantine, the, the trip to Arizona.
1: So, I, I went there and... To be honest, it's like the virus didn't even exist. People were, uh, especially where I was staying at my hotel, you know, it was I stayed at a resort. And the resort was, if you think about it, it was like, back, it was normal. People were like in the pool. Were they wearing
0: masks and all? Or?
1: Nope, No. Nope. They were, like when they went to the bar to order drinks, they weren't wearing masks. You know? Um, the people were, you know, they were social distance, I'll give them that. But... It's just weird, you know. You go to a, you're living in a state where you feel like you don't see any of this stuff, you know, like like resorts, like partying and stuff in a resort. But they were like ha- they were like having a good time. They were like they like, making it like it wasn't even it wasn't even here the the pandemic. So you know, they Arizona did, did does things differently than here. You know, yeah. the, the government's not as strict as right and the
3: Republican run.
1: Exactly, you know the Republican states are usually more, you know, they're they're giving it to Trump's, you know, advice about the pandemic and you know Trump what he wants to do is he wants to move on he wants to get going you know so yeah
3: we have to get back to work well we do I mean yeah I uh so to my point with that so I heard Governor Christie speaking to somebody I think it was on ABC about the whole pandemic. And he said that he would follow the uh, the rules and places and protocols that Murphy would uh put Murphy put in, but at least he would you know consider other factors that people are dying from because of this: the suicide, the um, the domestic violence, drug and alcohol abuse. I feel like Murphy's not like considering that too much. That's why I like about Christie better is that he's at least considering that. And I think he would have opened up a little quicker, but at least he would have done it, you know, in a right way. I feel like Murphy's taking a little too long and I feel like I feel like he's got to, he needs to speed things up. So that's why I like Governor Chris Christie on this uh, in this whole situation, because at least he cares, you know, he cares about people wearing masks. He would care if uh, you know, about social distancing, all that. But he at least would consider that people need to get back to work and people need their lives back in some measure and he at least would consider the other factors people are dying from like what I just mentioned to you just now.
0: So again, if you're just joining us, Andrew Brown, Brandon Schwartz, we're discussing the coronavirus, but we have plenty more to get to. Major League Baseball trade deadline day. We'll be right back after this commercial break.
1: This is Brandon Schwartz from Schwartz Center with the Madman. Listen to our podcast on Anchor, Schwartz Center with the Madman, and follow us on Brandon Schwartz Facebook Live. We talk about sports and other stuff that goes on in the country and the world, but we are mainly here to talk sports. Hey, if you're in the mood to talk about sports, come listen to Schwartz Center with the Madman on the Anchor or Facebook Live. Have a good one.
0: We are back on the Doug Saracho show. Alongside me, Brandon Schwartz, Andrew Brem. Baseball deadline a month later. Brandon, who's your winner of the deadline today?
1: I uh, gotta go with the uh, Padres. I think it was great they added a uh, a star picture to their roster. As the Padres have been doing very well, I think they just got even better with Mike Clevenger on the, on the team.
0: You look at these moves; you could say. Diamondbacks are going to rebuild mode. They traded Robbie Ray, Starling Marte, Archie Bradley. What do you think about the Diamondbacks' future moving forward?
1: I think they'll uh, they'll figure it out. I think I'm not too worried about them. You know, I I think they're you know they're going to be like every other team that has to rebuild. But I think their management's good. Uh, They play in a good ballpark. I think uh, they'll be fine. I think they're fine. And, And you know what? The uh, the A's, the, uh, I'm sorry, the Diamondbacks, uh, you know, uh, farm system is very good. They always call up good players. They really do. And they do a good job with that. Looking at the
0: playoff picture, where you have the Blue Jays in that eighth spot, it's a little bit different this year, having one verse eight compared to the six teams they normally have. Blue Jays, they went out, they acquired Tajon Walker. Robbie Ray, where do you see the Blue Jays moving forward as the last month of baseball gets underway?
1: Uh, I think they're going to be, I think they're going to be, uh, they're getting, they're still not there yet, uh, but because the AL East is good, you know, I, I you got, you still got the Yankees and the Rays in the top two, uh, but the Blue Jays are on their way. The Blue Jays are on their way. And, you know, the pitching with, when they got, since they got Rue now, they got Rue, uh. Who else did they get today? Robbie Ray, Robbie Ray. Jonathan VR. Those are two good left two, two good left-hand pitchers they got. Ray and Drew. So their pitching is, is definitely uh, going to be tough in the, in the AL East. You know, facing these teams, but you know they got they still got some work to do. And you know, I, I like Carrera, I think he's a good player. I like all these. You know, those guys are pretty good. So, but they they got work. To do.
0: Yeah, for me, the winner is definitely the San Diego Padres. You have that young core of Fernando Tatis, Manny Machado, Chris Paddock, and to add in the players they added today with Mike Clevenger and I think Greg Allen, too. Greg Allen they brought in. They brought in a few good guys today, so I really like. I think they're going to be there with the Los Angeles Dodgers because sooner or later, the Dodgers aren't going to win that division. Mm -hmm. there's going to be a team that ultimately takes that spot. And can it be the Padres? Can it be the Rockies? Who do you see ultimately taking down the Dodgers? Maybe not this year, but maybe two, three years down the road.
3: Probably be the Los Angeles Angels.
0: (laughs) We're going to stick with Brandon on this
1: podcast. Uh, I really think um, on the Dodgers, I think... I'm gonna be honest. I, th- I think the Diamondbacks.
0: Yeah. You really think that the, Diamond think the Diamondbacks, after, are gonna rebuild fast? Selling.
1: I think they're gonna rebuild fast. I really do. I have faith in them. I really do. Yeah. I I, I think giving up Marte was 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 a, was tough, but I don't think that was a huge game changer for them. I think they still got you know, I think they still got a team that they can work around and develop. So we'll see. We'll see, but the AL, the NL West is definitely tough, especially with the Padres, you know, the, the Diamondbacks, you know, everybody, you know, the Giants. They the NL West is tough. It's it's tough to uh, it's tough to win in that division.
0: And as you look at the standings, you look at the Red Sox. They traded Mitch Moreland. Are you surprised they didn't t- trade away their guys like Zando Bogart, JD Martinez? They traded away Kevin Pillar, but that's not much. So are you surprised that being th- in the position that they are today, twelve and twenty-two, that they didn't decide to you know it maybe it's time to do a full rebuild?
1: No, I don't think that. I don't think uh, they wanted to do that. Plus, you know when they lost, I think they had a tough offseason, especially when they lost Cora as their manager. Um, they want to, they want to rebuild. They want to build these guys that you know gave them the championship in twenty eighteen. They want to build them. They want to build their. You know, they want to build their power and stuff around Ron Renicki because I think Ron Renicki is a good. He could be a good. He could be a good manager. Uh, but you know you got to give these players some leeway because they had a tough off season. They had a tough season last year. Uh, but. You know, especially with Sale injured, you know you got to give him a little, a little leeway because without Sale, it's kind of hard to, you know, win as many games because Sale could give you, if he's Sale, if he's the Sale that that you hope he is, he could give you like fifteen or sixteen wins a year, which is pretty, which is a lot.
0: And if you look at the Red Sox, they traded away Mookie Betts, David Price, yeah. So you question why they didn't maybe go the full rebuild and get rid of JD. Get a few prospects for Xander. So you wonder, maybe they just figured it's a 60 game season, there's not much to lose, and just wait to the offseason or even next season. Oh, yeah. So we are in the New York area, and
3: New York metropolitan area. The
0: New York Mets wanted to trade Edwin Diaz. They wanted to, and this was a quote from Jeff Passen on ESPN today. Edwin Diaz, the Mets want to trade him. Not many people want him. End of story.
4: <laughs> <laughs> of course he came over in the canoe trade from Seattle. That-
0: so how how tough has to be to be a Met fan and see they got rid of prospects for Edwin Diaz and Robertson Cano. Cano's been playing phenomenal as a 37-year-old veteran. But Edwin Diaz has more blown saves this year than he does saves. How tough is that?
1: It's pretty tough. It's pretty tough. You know, pitching in New York's not easy. Especially, you know, I can compare Edwin Diaz to a guy like Sonny Gray. A guy like Sonny Gray wasn't able to pitch in New York. Because the media and, you know, the atmosphere around him was hard to pitch. You know, some people aren't built for New York. Edwin Diaz might not be that guy. You know?
0: And Sonny Gray's in All Star in Cincinnati.
1: There you go. You know, in Cincinnati, you know, Cincinnati. It's it's if you think it, it's nothing like New York.
0: It's not. It's,
3: no. It's, it's I feel like every baseball stadium feels like New York for some reason. Every time when I see the inside of a baseball stadium on TV, it feels like I'm thinking of New York half the time. Yeah. Maybe because it's I've only been to New York major league stadiums. That's probably why. So. So I want to stick with.
0: Players that didn't get traded. Francisco Lindor. Do you think maybe Cleveland will take a chance and figure, you know, we're in a tight playoff race. We're 21-13. and Why take a chance of getting rid of him and, you know, risk that chance of making the playoffs? Do you figure they figured, you know what, let's see where things go this year?
1: Yeah, I, I think you set you right on. I think it's really
0: because he is a free agent this year, and yeah, you could take that risk of losing him for nothing, or that risk of missing the playoffs or not making the playoffs.
1: Right. So you know what? I rather I think it's smart that they did this that they didn't trade him. because I, I think you know they'll see how it plays out this year, see if they make the playoffs, and then if they want, they'll have enough. Hopefully, they'll have enough money to re-sign him. Yep. I, I believe Lindor is going to stay with the, with the Indians. I think he's an Indian for life, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that was a smart move by uh, the Cleveland Indians brass. I really do.
0: Yeah, my bad. I said missing or not making the playoffs. So yeah. For my listeners out there. Yeah. So I want to talk about a team like the Los Angeles Dodgers. They are 26-10, and 10, but they didn't really make a move. Are they happy with what they have? Or do you think they figured, same thing? It's a sixty-game season. Let's not make
3: that risk. I think it's both.
1: I think they. Could, I think they have enough to to get to where they want. Yeah, to I this think year. so.
3: I mean, if they're twenty-six and ten, they're most likely going to win. because yeah. I heard the Dodgers. I heard had a huge season ahead of them. Oh yeah, I think they're going to win. I think it's going to. I think it's going to win. I feel like there's going to be a bunch of predictions this year. I think this is going to happen. Like the Dodgers. Then I think President Trump's going to win. Nothing to do with sports, but still. And then I think this will end, the pandemic will end by this time. I think I think my predictions are right. I mean I can't believe I predicted that the gyms in New Jersey will open up soon. Last week and I actually was right. And How then indoor you wait? You know, And then like, indoor dining like yesterday I had a prediction it was going to open up very soon when I saw that a duct tape around some of the tables. So before we get into the NBA
0: playoffs, the NHL playoffs, I want to talk about the Miami Marlins. They made a few moves today. They acquired, they traded Jonathan VR, they acquired Starling Marte. That's basically the big big guy they got. They're 15 and 15. I understand it's a 60, 60 game schedule. They're in the playoff spot right now. Is this the end of their rebuild? Or are they finally going to be one of those teams that hey we have to go watch them? You brought in Jesus Aguilar this year. Brian Anderson's a good core player that they brought in a few years ago. So is this the end of this rebuild for the Marlins? And now we're going to see what they truly have because they're bringing in a guy like Starling Marte. But I do believe he is a I do believe he is a free agent at the end of the year.
1: Yeah, um, I still think they got building to do. Um, but they're heading in a great direction. They're heading in a great direction. I think they can, they can use a little more pitching in their rotation. I think, you know, they need a little more power in their lineup. You know, obviously when they lost Stanton, the power wasn't as much as, it wasn't there as much when Stanton left. You know, but I think they're heading in, a, in the right direction, you know. And also playing in that ballpark, it's a tough hit. It's a tough hitters' ballpark. I'll give you that. It's a tough hitters' ballpark in Miami. You know, it's a far distance to the to the to the the fence. You know, so it's going to take a little longer for them to rebuild. You know, than other teams would. Like the Yankees, you know, they play in a ballpark where they have a smaller. You know, they hit more home runs and stuff because they have a smaller right field porch. You know, but yeah, you got to give the Marlins a little more time because you know they don't play in the best of ballparks too.
0: So, I'm just looking at uh, the standings right now. Baltimore Orioles, four games under 500. Yeah. Where do they go moving forward? Because they traded Miguel Castro today.
1: Mm hmm. It's, yeah, it's tough. You know, the, the Orioles, you know, they got to play the Rays a lot, the Yankees, and, and even, even the Red, the Red Sox, Sox. The Red Sox, and even the Blue Jays. And, you know, it's hard. The, the AL East is tough, you know. So the Orioles are they're gonna have to figure out a way to beat these teams because I just don't think they have enough still to to beat the Yankees, the Rays, the Red Sox. You know, I think they're they're still still way behind. You know I think they I first think they gotta get rid of Chris Davis. I think the Chris Davis errors oh I mean, he's been there long enough. I, I think they they need another hitter that could pull the ball to the outfield, not just hit home runs and strike out every time. They need to play they need a A good hitter that could hit singles, though you know everything, not just home runs, you know. But you know, I think they're uh, they're gonna need a lot to rebuild.
0: So we got more to get to NHL playoffs, Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll be right back again. Andrew, Andrew Brown, Brandon Schwartz, and I'm Doug Saravo. Welcome to the Doug Saravo Show. This is your typical Monday night podcast discussing the coronavirus and the latest on Major League Baseball, the Stanley Cup playoffs and the NBA playoffs. We are back on the Doug Saravos show again. We have Brandon Schwartz, Andrew Bram if you're just joining us, we discuss the coronavirus, Major League Baseball, and now it is time to do our picks before we get into the Stanley Cup playoffs. So, Brandon, who do you have winning? And once the, score, the scoreboard pulls up, because Andrew's laptop is always always slow. <laughs> Alright, here we go. We're going to go with September 1st games. Who do you have winning between the Arizona Diamondbacks, who will have Alex Young on the mound, uh, going up against the Los Angeles Dodgers, who ha- will have Julio Urias on the mound?
1: I'm going with the Dodgers to win. The, the Dodgers. Dodgers.
0: The Dodgers. Same. And just to update our listeners, Brandon is eight and four, Andrew is six and six, and I am nine and three. So I am rolling. So, the first, the first game we have three Dodgers, because I'm going to go with the Dodgers too. I just think after the Diamondbacks trading away, Robbie Gray, Starling Marte, that this is, this is it for their season. So, we have three Dodgers for this game. Three Dodgers. The next game we have the Chicago White Sox, who will have Dallas Keiko on the mound, against former Yankee Michael Pineda and the Minnesota Twins. So Andrew, who do you have winning this game? The Minnesota Twins. The Minnesota Twins. So Andrew is going with the Twins. Brandon, who do you have for this game? Uh, who's pitching for the White Sox? Dallas Keuchel.
1: Going with the White Sox to win this one. We still like Dallas Keuchel.
0: So am I. So we got two, we got two White Sox two white for this Sox. game. And finally, again, Andrew's laptop. Okay. The Texas Rangers going up against the Houston Astros. Your pitching matchup is Jordan Lyles and Framber Valdez. Brandon, who do you have for this game?
1: Uh hate to do it, but I have to go with the Astros. The, Astros, the Astros for the same, Brandon.
3: Same for me. And seems I'm, like Houston Astros are always doing good. And I'm going to have
0: to go with the Texas Rangers. Okay. I okay. think that... Due for a win, you know they're twelve and twenty-one. Although Houston is fourteen and five on home, so let's get to this question before we get into the M- the Stanley Cup and NBA playoffs. Astros are fourteen and five on home. Obviously, they cheated with the pots and all. do You think they're still a good baseball team despite everything that they put themselves
1: under? Hate to say it, you know, uh, but they're gonna be still a good team.
3: Yeah, they're gonna be good. They're I mean, I hear good. the Astros always do good all the time.
1: I don't think a trash can or a cameras yeah. makes a big difference when it comes to your skill in a baseball yeah. game. I really don't. So yeah, I think they'll still be good.
0: So are you saying that there should be no asterisk for their world title?
1: Um, nah, I don't think so. I think because the Yankees had an opportunity to beat, they just didn't hit. You know, they didn't hit. They didn't hit last year. I mean, they didn't win the World Series last, did they? No, they didn't. They, they, uh, Washington Ball, Nationals. Yeah, Washington won it. They, they won the year before. No, they won Red in 2017, Sox and the right? Um, no, yeah.
0: it was Red Sox, then Ash, Astros, Red Astros Sox, were, Nationals. Were, 17, 18, 19.
1: Right. So I think they, you know, the Yankees, you know, they didn't beat them. So I think, you know, the Astros World Series makes a difference. I think it, it, it matters. I think it does. I don't think an asterisk would mean anything because the Yankees need the Yankees got to win it to win. The Yankees would feel feel better, and they always have when you actually win the World Series. You know, you don't want to be given a championship. You know, so the Astros, you know, should take the World Series for granted.
0: So now it's time to preview the NBA playoff second round: Milwaukee Bucks versus the Miami Heat, and the defending champion. Toronto Raptors versus the Boston Celtics. Brandon, I'm going to start with you. What is your Eastern Conference Final going to be?
1: Eastern Conference Finals, I am going with the Milwaukee Bucks against the Toronto Raptors.
3: Toronto Raptors. I actually had the same thought too. Yeah, because The Bucks have a pretty good record and uh, Raptors are up there too themselves. And you know, uh, they're
1: trailing one nothing to Boston. Doesn't mean anything. Yeah. First game usually doesn't matter.
3: Exactly. Matt and strong. also, like they could always make a comeback. Yep, it's happened before. I remember playing Monroe Rec Ball, and uh, I remember uh, playing a couple against a couple teams. We were winning, and then we just started uh, losing it, and then uh, we lost the game. Mm-hmm. So. So, the NBA Western Conference, their second round
0: isn't complete yet because they still have to wait on the Nuggets and the Jazz, as that has a Game 7 tomorrow night at 8.30 p.m., along with the Rockets and the Thunder. But, I want to look at the teams that advance, the Los Angeles Lakers and the Los Angeles Clippers. Which team is better, but most importantly, which team has what it takes to win a title?
1: Brandon, uh, gotta go with the Lakers on this one. Uh, I, I think LeBron wants it. He wants it. I think. He, I think he can do it, especially with Davis and you know all the other players around them. Uh, but the Clippers are good too. Clippers have got Kawhi Leonard, you know, uh, but and Paul George. I just think the Lakers are
3: are the, hot the way team. to go. I mean, they were the first in the conference. They were
1: the when they were, you know, before before the pandemic hit. Everybody was. Yeah, they were literally. The yeah, they're know. literally on the
3: hot streak of it. Yeah, I mean with LeBron James, look what happened. He got him to got the Cavs to a championship in 2016, and he got him to the championship in uh, 2017. I mean they lost, but yeah.
0: What is LeBron's legacy going to look like if he loses another title this year?
1: Uh, I, think I think he's
0: just gonna keep going.
1: Yeah, I think he's gonna give it another shot. You know, I feel like this season was just—it was—it it ruined everybody. You know. Yeah. When when March hit and they shut it down for four months. Yeah. You know, it's just you got to give these guys another chance to yeah. get at it. You know.
3: Yeah, and next year is the Space Jam two movie supposed to come out. I wonder if he's still doing it. I'm. Sh- I think so. Said July sixteenth, twenty twenty one. Should it should be released. Mm-hmm. With LeBron James, which I wonder what that's gonna look like. I wonder if they're gonna go against the Monstars like uh, Michael Jordan did in nineteen ninety six, or they're gonna go against another group of guys, the Looney Tunes and LeBron James.
0: Imagine they were like they have no fans in those seats for the movie tip. Yeah. <laughs> they're playing they're playing the games that like without like the cartoons in the background. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like a a bubble.
3: Yeah. Well well it's gonna be twenty twenty one though. So, I mean, they could, they'll probably end up having fans. Because I could imagine by next summer, by next summer, coronavirus will be history. be down in the grave. We'll be saying rest in peace to that thing. And then adios it goes and on to our normal lives. So, it's
0: time to discuss the Stanley Cup playoffs. And there's a team that is rolling right now. And that happens to be uh, somebody's calling. the New York Islanders. Oh. Hey, welcome to the Doug Stravel Show. Who's this? This is Madison. Oh, we have Madison from Marlboro on the line. Madison, how are you today? Oh, Madison, how are you today? how are you doing? Pretty good. Hold oh, on, we're just having an issue with the uh, audio right now, unless it's Andrew's phone. You hear me? Yeah, we hear you. How are you? I'm doing really well. How are you doing? Pretty good. Thanks for joining us. Thank
3: you. Good show,
0: as always. Appreciate it.
2: Yeah. And You always do every Monday,
0: right? Yeah, it's always every Monday at 8.
3: Maybe one day I can get
0: started. Yeah, maybe one day. Yeah. What's your question for us today? I was watching
3: it. Who do you think going to win the World Series this year with all the predicaments in the
0: MLB? I was watching it earlier, too. I'm going to start with Brandon.
1: Brandon? Who's going to win the World Series? Uh, What's the prediction and how many games? I'm going to go Yankees, Dodgers, World Series. Um, I think the Yankees are going to win it in six games. I'm not worried because all the guys will be back healthy, hopefully. So yeah. we should be fine. they right Yeah, well. Yeah. And Cole has Cole, <laughs> been struggling oh. in his last two starts. Yeah.
3: Get, get right now. What you, what about
0: you, I'm going with the Tampa Bay Rays over the over the. Miami Marlins.
3: Wow. Oh.
0: It's going to be a six-game series. I truly think the Rays are the team to beat this year. But I think that the National League, it's always, it's always unpredictable. And there's always a team that chokes. The Dodgers always find a way to lose. So I just think there's going to be a surprise team out of the NL, the National League. It could be the Marlins. It could even be a team like the Cardinals. So I'm going with the Rays over the Marlins. I'll say the Marlins over the Rays. Thanks, Andrew.
3: Uh-huh.
0: All right, so we got to go to a quick commercial break, Madison, and we're going to discuss the Stanley Cup playoffs. Sounds good. All right, thanks for joining us. Take care. Again, I'm Brandon. Sh- I'm <laughs> I'm Doug Stroud alongside me, Brandon Schwartz, Andrew Brem. We'll be we'll be back right after this commercial break to discuss the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll be right back. New York Islanders—they are on a roll right now, and they are one win away no way from an Eastern Conference Final appearance.
1: So it's amazing how they how, how far they came this season. You know, you know they just they they deserve it. You know they they really worked hard. You know they had they have good players. You know, so good for them.
0: Is there a team that can maybe beat them? Do you think the Flyers should come back from a three-one deficit, or do you I think, think the, the Pittsburgh
1: Penguins? The Pittsburgh Penguins. <laughs> 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 do you
0: um, still have that feeling.
1: Yeah. Uh, who do I think? Uh,
0: Tampa Bay. Who's
1: in it? I don't really really follow The the way
0: it's looking right now, the conference final will probably be the Tampa Bay Lightning against the New York Islanders. Okay. And I think in the West, it will probably be Vegas and Dallas. Uh,
1: I think they could beat, um, well, I think Vegas is tough to beat. I think they can beat Dallas. They can beat the Dallas Stars. Um, So, I think, who do you want to win the final, the Eastern Conference Finals?
0: Or who do you think could beat the Islanders? Because oh, it um, looks like they're on they're on a roll right now, and I think they're going to go to the Stanley Cup Final. Uh, it's
1: tough, it's a tough decision, man. Uh, Tampa Bay.
0: Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. I think it's possible. Yeah. I think the Lightning, the Lightning are due for a Stanley Cup yeah. Final appearance, uh-huh. and it's truly been a while. So we're going to do some updates around the National Hockey League, and. These are what the scores say for tonight. I believe we do have a game going on. And so, yeah, right now, Boston and Tampa Bay are tied one-to-one. And then you have Dallas versus Colorado, 9.45 p.m. tonight. So it's just unbelievable how the National Hockey League and the NBA worked out this bubble. It's phenomenal, and they've done a terrific job that they were able to keep this season going without any tests because the National Hockey League released another coronavirus test result and zero positives again. So it's truly a phenomenal job that they're doing this. Don't you think, Brandon? Because you look at
3: putting them in a bubble.
1: I mean... The bubble, that's what the bubble's for, so nobody gets the yeah. coronavirus, so
3: yeah, they're doing a good job. Yeah, well, the MLB isn't doing that, but I guess no. they're not doing it because it's low contact, I guess, too. That I could guess, be true, yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, Major League Baseball did mention they may do a bubble for the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. And Houston's I could see that work. Yeah. yeah. So, back to the National Hockey League, Claude Giroux is frustrated. And I quote, I'm trying to find ways to score a goal. Help the team. Obviously a little frustrated, but I'm not too sure what to say. I know I can play better, and I know I can help this team, and next game is huge. So, Brandon, Derek Jeter, Eli Manning, Tom Brady, all the great, even Sidney Crosby, as you mentioned before. How important is it for your leaders... To step up when it counts because because Claude Giroux he's frustrated and he knows that this could be it for his Philadelphia Flyers.
1: Oh, it could be, uh, it's, it's huge if that's the case. I mean, the leaders have to step up, you know, when it comes down to the situation. So, yeah, it's very important for you know, the Derek Jeter and all these guys to you know, step up when Eli Manning did yeah. it
0: twice against the Patriots. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to being a leader, you truly have to, you have to find ways to step up. Oh, and Elaine yeah. Vigneault, your former head coach of the New York Rangers, how important is it to get these guys to, you know, score that first goal and understand it's not over until it's over? Yeah, I mean, you gotta play it. You know,
1: you gotta, you gotta just. Play hard, you know, whenever you're on the court, in the field, or ice, wherever you are. So you gotta, you know, play your hearts out every night. You do.
0: And when it comes to being a leader, what's the best way to lead? By talking, or just scoring that first goal, and be like, guys, let's get it going.
1: Yeah, definitely that, and being clutch in situations. Being clutch in when, when you have to, you know, so... And I could tell that DJ LeMahieu is is like your leader on the Yankees, and Aaron Judge too, because when this when the situations that you know they need to score, they come up clutch and they do what they got to do, and they they get their money's worth. So that's what a leader should really be doing.
0: Again, if you're just joining us, Andrew Brem, and Schwartz, we have plenty more to get to. We're not taking a commercial break, so you don't have to change the channel. We're going straight into it. Who is going to be the better quarterback this season? Daniel Jones, great rookie year in regards to his touchdowns, to interception ratio, 24 to 12. Yeah, his record was 3 and 9. But he threw over 3,000 passing yards, completion of 61%. And then you have Sam Darnold who 11 and 15 career record, touchdown passes, Last year was 19, 36 touchdown passes in three seasons. So who is going to be the better quarterback, and what team will have the better record? Do you see the Giants being one of those teams where they win four games, lose 12, or do you see the Jets taking that next step? They they went on a great run last year to finish the season. They okay. finished 7-9. They were like 1-7 at one point. So who's the better team? Sure. You see the Jets having a better record. Yeah,
3: and always I hear uh, Sam Darnold always being talked in the NFL all the time. So and I don't hear much of the Giants having like a big superstar in the league. So I feel like it's the Jets because I hear this Sam Darnold guy all the time, and it's like I feel like with him being on the team, I think they'll take a step forward than the Giants.
0: Brandon, who do you see having the better season? Is it going to be because of the quarterback position? or maybe because of the Giants and Joe Judge. where do you see this football season going in the New York area?
1: Uh, I think the Giants can be better. I think they're uh, I think they're they're ready to be the Giants again. I think they're ready to uh, you know I can see them winning 10 games this year maybe you, know, you see that I could see them winning Well, 10 they
0: games. just signed uh, Logan Ryan today to a one- year seven oh, yeah. contract
1: that's, that's how, that helps us, I mean, it really does, so, we'll see, we'll see, I mean, football is also, it's an opportunity, you know, it's anybody can really win, in fo- I mean, it's,
4: yeah. It's,
1: you know, basketball is the one sport where you can kind of, like, predict who's going to win, Yeah. but football, it's <laughs> different, you know, it's like, I yeah, because like football is always ups, you know, there's always upsets, you know. Right,
3: exactly, like, I've seen plays where, like, the, where one team's losing, the other team's winning, and then, uh. And then the team that's losing, they make that throw, they yeah. and then uh, the other guy catches it, makes a touchdown, and then game over. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: basketball, you already know when you have LeBron on the team, we're going. Oh, hundred percent. If you yeah. have Damian Lillard, you're going to have a competitive game. You have Kawhi Leonard, you have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. Right. You already know that those teams are going to be the teams that win games. Yes. So basketball, it's always. You know, if you have Steph Curry, oh, yeah. Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Kevin Durant. You already, know, you already know they're going to be in the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. But this is what first year head coach Joe Judge had to say today from training camp.
4: You're asking is true. I think there is a slightly different dynamic with that path because you have the expanded practice squad roster as well as the ability to keep veterans who previously wouldn't have been eligible for practice squad. Keeping them alive this year—that's that, a whole different dynamic that I'm sure everyone in the league is discussing in their own buildings. I know we are ourselves. So, listen, this time of year is, its tough for the players. It's tough on the coaches as well. You know, it's this is a time of year that look—you got a lot of players right now wondering where they're at. Um, as coaches, we try to assure them, worry about what they can control, and that's coming out every day, doing a good job of meeting, absorbing information, practice well, compete. You know, we're in the business of trying to keep as many good football players as we can. You know, as coaches right now, it's it's a tough transitional phase for us in terms of we're going through our own roster. You know, we're working through training camp. We're making sure that we do the best job evaluating our own roster. And at the same time, we've got to start our own preparations for, you know, the first games of the year. Obviously, we start on Monday night, so it's a shorter week, getting ready for Chicago in week two. So this is a time of year that we're preparing for a lot of different scenarios, game-wise, roster-wise, you know. And the one thing I'd say is, the unfortunate thing is you don't have control over a lot of your players once, you know, you have to cut the 53 by a rule. They're exposed to waivers. There's a lot of movement throughout the NFL. Obviously, people are looking at our roster, you know, and they're evaluating our players based on what they had on college tape or previous NFL tape. So, we don't have complete control over that. Uh, look, in a perfect world, you keep as many of your players as you can every year. That's just not the reality of it. But I do agree with the first part you asked. I do think there's a slightly different dynamic this year based on the size of the practice squad.
0: So how different do you see this NFL season going? Besides uh, the virus, we know that. But there's no there's no preseason games. So how do you see this affecting players?
1: Well,
3: I think they're going to start off rusty. Yeah. Because it's like the preseason is literally the best thing for you to practice to make sure that you get better. And it gives you a better idea of how you're going to play your game once the season actually starts. So I think it's going to be a very rusty start. But I could predict, though, in a couple months from now, once we get that vaccine, uh, I think I could see fans returning back to the stadiums. And I think they're going to be more lively. And the Super Bowl, I think, is going to be the grand celebration this year, 2021. So, Brian, back to the
0: point that Judge was making, it's different because there's no preseason games where you could see these players... And know what they truly have. So if you're like a undrafted free agent, how difficult is that going to be? And how different is it from, you know, we have a preseason game. We have a preseason game. And I'm throwing 200 yards. And next thing you know, I'm the backup to Aaron Rodgers, Daniel Jones, Tom Brady. They don't have that opportunity this year.
1: Yeah, so, um, so, uh, I mean, it's important to get practice when you can. I mean, you got to bring these players, you know, you got to, they got to, the first few games of the season, I think, are going to be like practice games, if you think about it, but they're going to count. They're going to count towards the regular season, but, you know, because they haven't haven't played, you know, other teams yet, you know, in the preseason. Yeah. You are right? all right? right? right, Yeah, yeah. just a little hiccup. All right, right. okay. Um. (laughs) Yeah, so it's going to be a it's again any sport. This is going to be a weird season. It's going yeah. to be a really weird
3: season. But I think by 2021 All right. So, we got a Grand Slam.
0: Andrew, we got to we got to get to commercials. So, we have our final thoughts segment coming right up. We are back on the Doug Shirabo show. It's now time for our final thoughts. But it's going to be a different type of segment. I'm not going to ask you for your final thoughts on the on the the segment like NFL the whole episode. I have a different question for each of you. Yes. So, Andrew, yes. My question for you is do you see the election being rigged from the mail-in voting?
3: Uh as in like what what are you trying to say?
0: Meaning, do you think that ballots are going to be stolen? That if they see like a Republican ballot, do you think they're going to be like, don't you know, just keep it there, don't put it in?
3: Uh, so how I envision the uh, voting process this year. So in New Jersey, Governor Murphy uh, made stated that he wants it mostly a mail-in uh, ballot type of voting this year. He wants a type of mail-in voting this year. So I feel like this is kind of like, uh, I feel like this is a scheme for some reason. I feel like this was done because they want, since a lot of people know Joe Biden will not win. I think this is a, a whole plan for him to get, uh, to get most of the votes for him to win. I think it's. I kind of feel like it's a little bit of a scheme for some Cause reason. Because
0: you're, you're, you see on YouTube, you see down the shore, uh-huh, Trump flags everywhere, and no right, Joe Biden yeah. flags. And
3: um, I love going out on the shore.
0: Portland the other day. I think you had like a whole parade of Trump supporters. Yeah. So Brandon, my question for you. Is Tom Brady going to have a great season this year, but is this also his final year? Despite having a two-year contract.
1: I think he's going to have a great year, but I don't think he's going to retire. I think he's got another few years left in his tank. I think uh, he's going to find a new home in Tampa. And I think I think he's like before he retires, he's definitely going to win a Super Bowl in Tampa. I think.
0: You think so? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think since he also he's got Gronkowski as his as his you know his, he's got his buddy from New England on the team with him, you know you got uh, the other guy they signed recently, the veteran. Um, yeah, I, I could see them winning Super Bowl next year, maybe mm-hmm. even this year. Yeah.
0: So since no one is here to ask me a question. These are my final thoughts. Uh, I'll ask you Kyle uh, All right, let's just say what I have to say, and if okay. you want, go ahead. Okay. Kyler Murray is going to have an MVP season. I think adding DeAndre Hopkins is a plus for him. He can also run the ball. So I think, you know, they improved. They won five games last year. I truly believe that Kyler Murray will have an MVP season. But I don't see him winning MVP because I do believe that Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes will be the MVP this season. Along with Lamar, Lamar Jackson. But I do believe that Kyler Murray will be in that conversation. And the Arizona Cardinals will not make a wild card. But they will win the NFC West. That is my final thoughts for this episode. Kyler Murray, MVP season along with a division championship. So Andrew, what's the question you have for me?
3: So with this whole virus thing going on, when do you exactly think this will all end? And give your reason why you think it will end during that time. All right. Great question.
0: And as many people know, this is going to end the day after the election. I truly believe that this became political. Political. I truly believe that we went from 15 days stay at home to flatten the curve to all of this stuff and it became too much. So that's where I'm going to leave this show at. It became political and I truly believe that this will end on November 4th. I truly believe it and I won't be surprised if that's the case. So again, thank you guys for listening to us.
3: More questions? No, we're running out of time, right. Andrew.
0: Next time we could start the show with the questions. Again, I'm Doug Saravo. Alongside me we have Brandon Schwartz and Andrew Graham. Guys, it's been a pleasure. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you.